Hello, my rebels. Today, I take you through Justin Trudeau's policy proposal to cut cell phone rates. Well, who wouldn't want cell phone rates cut? Well, actually, Trudeau, he, he didn't support opening up the free market to American cell phone companies in the NAFTA deal, but apparently he's got religion. He's desperate for something after his blackface scandal. I take you through his proposal and have a few laughs with you. I also talked to Andrew Lawton today and how the liberals are treating him on the campaign trail. I think you'll find that interesting. Hey, um, have you seen our new website? Go to rebelnews.com. I think it's pretty cool. Still a few wrinkles to be ironed out. If you go to premium.rebelnews.com, uh, you can sign up to be a premium subscriber. You get the video version of these podcasts and all sorts of other goodies. It's just 80 bucks a year. And uh, it's a good accompaniment to the podcast. Please consider doing it premium.rebelnews.com. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, now that it's tough for Trudeau to call anyone else racist, he doesn't have a lot to say, but what he does say is hilarious. It's September 23rd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I'm 47 and a half years old. I've met a lot of people. I've traveled too much. And I have never in my life seen anyone do blackface. I just haven't. And I'm from supposedly redneck Alberta. It's just not something you see. And if it's not some grassroots redneck thing, it's not an elite thing either. Not that the University of Alberta Law School was particularly elite, but I've been to plenty of universities. I don't know, maybe you'd find some kind of spoiled trust fund kids at Queens or Western who might be bad boys like that. No, I, I've never seen that. Not at any university. And I've been here and there. No one does it, but Trudeau does it. So often he can't even remember all the times he does it. He just can't say. You said just a few minutes ago that you told us last night on the plane that you were, that of all of the different instances that you recalled, have you since been made aware or remembered of other instances? And if so, how many? Uh, I, I think um, it is obvious that, that this is something that uh, was deeply regrettable. I am wary of of uh, being definitive about this because the uh, recent pictures that came out, I had not remembered. You, you, it just happens so often you couldn't put a number on it. Oh my God! What, is is it is it dozens of times he did it? By the way, here's Archie Bunker in the 70s. Remember that amazing old show? So this was 30 years before Trudeau claimed he just didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Remember this? I don't believe you guys. You're actually going to put on a minstrel uh, show in this day and age? You ought to get great reviews from the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> this is the worst kind of bigotry. What are you bigotry? talking about? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold Boy is right. What? <laughs> He is, he is absolutely right. 
Now, this is a bad thing we're doing. That ain't nice there, dressing up like that and making fun of the color people. No, Archie Parker ain't gonna do that. He ain't gonna get up on the stage and make fun of people that he liked and admired all his life. <laughs> You want something? <laughs> we ain't trying to make fun of anybody. We just want to dress up like college. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yes. You guys are a pack of racists. Yeah, that's what you are, Barney. That's what you look Why like. Why are you talking about racists? Arch, how can you be in a lodge like this? He's practically out of it now. Oh, oh, oh. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, you were talking good there for a minute, but you went too far. Now, these are my large brothers who I love here. And there ain't nothing wrong with minstrel shows. No, hey, that's right. There ain't. You know, that goes way back to minstrel show into U.S. history. That comes back to your, your carefree days of slavery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't look like that. That's part of your whole American heresy. <laughs> Doesn't it bother you that black people are offended at a show like this? They ain't gonna see this show. They ain't allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 70s. Even Archie Bunker got it. Trudeau does it all the time so much he forgets how much. That cocktail party at that fancy private school, it wasn't a costume party. All the other men were dressed up formally. Said the Daily Telegraph, Trudeau was the only one dressing up that way. The Daily Tele Telegraph of London, UK. They interviewed people who were there at that party, who said Trudeau stunned everyone in the room with his weirdness and grossness. Hey, remember Trevor Noah? He's an unfunny comedian from South Africa who's now on late night TV in the US. Well, remember that time Trudeau just tweeted to him that, hey, here's $50 million work for you? Super gross, remember that tweet? Well, 50 mil wasn't enough to buy Trevor Noah. Look at this observation he made. There are so many problems with this photo. First of all, it's obviously never okay to do blackface. And secondly, if you are gonna darken your skin, at least get the color right. Okay, yeah, Trudeau isn't dressed as Aladdin. He's dressed as Aladdin doing blackface. That's not the color of Aladdin. What are you doing? That's actually a big point. That's not just funny. That's a big point. Trudeau just loved doing blackface again and again and again and again. He would do it when it didn't fit just to do it. He, he did it so often, he forgets how often. He did it so often, it was a thing. In this video here, he actually brought his blackface kit on a white rotter rafting trip. That apparently is where this video is from. Hey, what do we need to pack? Well, water and a sleeping bag and <laughs> my blackface kit. What a disaster. Here's a poll done by a pollster, a company run by Bruce Anderson, hardcore liberal. He's the father of Trudeau's communications director. So it's as pro-Trudeau as it gets. But look at these numbers. The story broke through. Only 12% of Canadians said they hadn't heard about the story. 54% of Canadians said they were paying very close attention to it. This is higher than a lot of other political stories, wars, whatever. 54% of Canadians following the story closely, 34% somewhat. That's huge. It's been devastating to Trudeau, not particularly because it proves Trudeau is a racist. I don't think Trudeau is a deep racist. I think he has racist undertones. 
I think it's no surprise that his inner circle is all old-school Laurentian elites, just like him. I don't think he considers himself racist. For sure he doesn't. But the whole shtick about diversity is our strength, that's proven now just to be a false facade, just a line he uses, like he's picking up women in a bar. He'll say what he has to say. That's the thing. I've been thinking about my conversation with Manny Montenegrino last week. I agree that Trudeau is casually racist in ways that can be shocking. Like, remember when he boasted that he cut Patrick Brazo's hair after the boxing match to hum- humiliate him as an Aboriginal man? Or remember that time he said Aboriginal reconciliation requires patience like you would need to have with a child? Because <laughs> that's what Aboriginal people are like. He said those things, but I, I wouldn't say he's a hot racist. You know, he's racist enough that if he were conservative, they'd go to town on him. He's about as racist as Archie Bunker. But my real beef with Justin Trudeau is that he has been a false ally, a fake multiculturalist, just like he's a fake feminist, just like he's been fake on the whole sunny ways thing. He's an imposter, as Paul Wells confessed. So how does Trudeau campaign now? Because his entire campaign was calling his enemies racist or sexist or Islamophobic or whatever, and he's just being outed as the racist. So what does he do? What's he going to talk about? Well, here's a clue from the CBC State Broadcaster. FYI, Justin Trudeau mentioned Ontario Premier Doug Ford some 15 times at his news conference to promise steps towards national pharmacare and better access to family doctors. Got it. Got it. So he's running against Doug Ford and Jason Kenney and Scott Moe. That's a pretty empty gas tank for a federal campaign. But then yesterday, the Liberals rolled out this. Look at this announcement. Liberals move forward to make life more affordable for Canadian families. And let me read that one line uh, from it that I have to say came as a surprise to me. I'm quoting, middle class families are feeling stretched. Taxes, fees, and bills pile up while wages are not keeping up. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The liberals are campaigning on the fact that wages aren't keeping up? That the middle class is falling behind, we're getting squeezed? Isn't that, isn't that what the opposition is supposed to say? The people are worse off now than they were four years ago? Isn't the time to campaign for a change? Isn't that when you're in the opposition trying to throw out the bums? When you've actually been making the decisions for four years, aren't you the people that citizens are complaining about? about? So weird, but I guess they really had nothing left other than calling people names, and that's out for now. But their big proposal yesterday just made me laugh. I don't know if you saw this. More affordable cell phone bills. Well, I'm all for that. Let me read some more. Canadians paid too much for their cell phone bills. While unique factors like the size of our country has an impact, The current way a few large corporate players drive up prices is unfair to Canadians, and there's lots of room for improvement. For instance, Canadian telecom companies generate the highest revenue per gigabyte in the developed world. A re-elected Liberal government will take strong action to see cell phone bills come down by 25%. This will save a family of four almost $1,000 a year. Wow, $1,000 per family per year. There's what? Almost 10 million families in Canada. So that's almost $10 billion a year. Every year the Canadians will save. That's great. So how's that going to work? Because, of course, unlike the CBC state broadcaster, we don't have state-owned cell phone companies. How's it going to do? Well, here's the plan. (laughs) 
A re-elected Liberal government will reduce costs by 25% and bring Canada in line with prices across the G7 and Australia. To achieve this, we will work with telecom companies to offer plans comparable to global prices plus an unlimited family plan. So the big campaign plan is that Justin Trudeau has a plan to make a plan and try to get telecom companies to work with him. That's your big plan? Your plans to get a plan to change the cell phone plans by working with them? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a plan. And even if we're, who's going to pay for that plan? I mean, if we're all going to get $1,000 a year per family, that's a huge amount of money. That's almost $10 billion. Where's it going to come from? Are we just going to order the cell phone companies to, to hand it over? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Costing. Further details regarding costing will be <laughs> released over the course of the campaign. Well, if the cell phone companies were to do this on their own, if they just said, hey, guys, we're just going to absorb $10 billion a year, I guess it wouldn't cost the taxpayer anything, right? Other than those companies would probably go bankrupt, so there'd be a lot of poverty. But the line item in that case would be zero because Trudeau would work with them and they would just do it. But, but that, that's not real life. That's... That's not how it's going to be. I mean, they either have to be ordered to simply hand over $10 billion a year, and I'm not sure if that would even be legal, but I'm pretty sure it wouldn't happen. They'd find a way around it or even just shut down, frankly. I mean, it's really expropriation. Or more likely, Trudeau would just give them the money, like he does with all his favorite companies, Bombardier, SNC, Lavalin. So you would pay taxes, and that tax money would be given to the cell phone companies who would reduce your cell phone rates, which you'd then pay in taxes or something. Sounds about as stupid as Trudeau. But nothing is stupider than the CBC parroting Trudeau and making it even better. Look at this headline. Trudeau promises to cut cell phone bills by 25% of elected. Yeah, but that's not even what he said, was it? He said he'd work with cell phone companies to cut bills. He didn't even say he would do it. How could he say he would do it? Here's an interesting line from the CBC. To lower the cost, the liberals say they would open up the market to more competition and work with cell phone companies to offer plans that more closely mirror global prices. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Trudeau just refused to do that opening up the market thing. In the recent NAFTA renegotiations, Trudeau said no to this. Not even a few months ago, because the NAFTA renegotiation is technically still alive. The treaty has not been ratified by all three countries yet. Literally at this moment, Trudeau is against this. You have to be as stupid as the CBC to support this. Folks, they really have nothing. All they had was smears and insults, and without that, after the blackface explosion, well, I think Trudeau himself might be writing these campaign platforms. What do you think? Stay with us for more about a terrible story from the campaign trail with Andrew Lawton, who joins us next. Welcome back. Well, as the blackface scandal echoes around the entire world, I want to remind you that when that story broke, it was literally the number one news story around the world bigger than any war, any sports event, any 
pop song, any presidential news, North Korea, whatever. It was the number one story in the world. It has so knocked the liberals off their feet, they don't know what to do except for lash out. And normally they lash out at us here at The Rebel, but we're not the only ones. Do you remember when we were at the Media Freedom Conference in London, they targeted our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed and our ally Andrew Lawton from TNC.News. Remember that? Well, it gets worse, my friend. Over the last couple of days, the Liberal Party has banned Andrew Lawton from events, and I just heard from him a moment ago. It has gotten significantly worse and a lot more troubling. Joining us now via Skype from the side of the road is our friend Andrew Lawton. Andrew, nice to see you again. Let's get straight down to it. First of all, where are you geographically right now? I'm in the Niagara Falls area. The Prime Minister, the Liberal leader, Justin Trudeau, has an event uh, nearby in, in just a few moments that I'll be heading to. I appreciate you pulling, your o pulling over. Safety first. We wouldn't want you to have an accident. You are in your car because you were kicked off the campaign bus or barred from entry. I think it might be more accurate. Tell me how that happened. What did they say? Yeah, not kicked off. I was never allowed on in the first place. Uh, and I got this song and dance from the Liberals about how I'm not accredited, but they offer no definition of what accredited means. Uh, I can speak to my own credentials as a reporter, as a journalist. I can talk about myriad times that I have been covered for events, court coverage, a conference co-hosted by the Canadian government that you just mentioned moments ago. And I've even interviewed Justin Trudeau. But True North, according to the Liberal press team, is not an accredited outlet because it's not recognized as one. Recognized by whom your guess is as good as mine. So I've now had to basically find my own way to get from point A to point B, rented a car, which is what I'm sitting in right now. And I'm trying to get the story from outside looking in because the Liberals do not apparently want me covering their campaign. Now, uh, when they've done the same thing to us, in particular, David Menzies and Kim Bexty, uh, by the way, they've kicked out us not only out of party events, but out of government events. They kicked Kean out of the embassy. They kicked David out of parliament. Outrageous. They said, they didn't use the phrase, you're not accredited. They said, your values don't accord with ours. Did they talk about your values or your ideology at all, Andrew? No, in fact, uh, Trudeau's press secretary went out of his way to say it's not about ideology, it's just about accreditation. And this is, I think, very interesting because there's no real path to accreditation that has been laid out. And I asked him, what would I have to do? And he couldn't give an answer. The Parliamentary Press Gallery accredits Parliament Hill journalists, but I've spoken with the press gallery. They do not have any jurisdiction over campaign events. They will not even, if you apply and are worthy of accreditation, they will not offer any credentials to cover campaign events. So the challenge right now is that I've been given this reason that doesn't align with any remedy. Huh, well, it's, it's very similar to when you and Sheila Gunn-Reed were kicked out, or they attempted to kick you out of the press conference in London. Now, uh, it was a very remarkable moment, and I'd like to show a, a quick clip from that. I've shown this to our viewers before, there, there was a moment of solidarity where other media, the Globe and Mail amongst them, um, and even Al Jazeera, if you can believe it, CTV, CBC, actually said, well, if Andrew Lawton and Sheila Gunn-Reed can't come in, we won't either. It was a bit of a revolt. Here, take a quick look at this. Thanks. So, um, Globe and Mail, um, uh, Global, um, CTV, Al Jazeera, CBC, and the National 
What about the rest? Uh, the rest of us? No, I no. think we all go. That's Let's take us to the room no. and we can see if we can. Then we're not going, Brittany. We're just not. We're all going. This is a media freedom conference. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, we're not going then. Andrew, that was a beautiful moment, but alas, it did not last. Have you heard anything at all, even privately? from other media that supports you. Of course, the only kind of support that counts is in public, but have you had any even private emails or phone calls from the media party, from Unifor journalists, from the Star, the Post, the Globe, CBC, CTV, even Xinhua, which is accredited with the Parliamentary Press Gallery? None whatsoever. And, and I will say that when my initial ban was happening in Brampton on Sunday, uh, the approved media had already been brought in so they didn't even know there was this conversation taking place on the sidewalk it's not like uh, in london when this happened in front of the gaggle and there was no way to really avoid it so uh, th at the time the media had no idea but since then my story circulated on twitter i've run into some of these people and, and i've heard absolutely nothing in the way of support whatsoever so i am very much alone in this fight it feels like and look i'm happy to be scrappy i'm happy to be fight to be fighting. But the reason I'm here is not because I want to fight. The reason I'm here is because I want to cover uh, what the prime minister is pledging to do if his government is reelected. And the more that I am forced to the outside of this, the more I'm forced to cover my exclusion because I'm not actually able to access any of the substantive announcements that are taking place. Well, listen, it's like you're reading my life story there. They're trying to, to denormalize and marginalize you. And I mean, I think I think they hate the rebel a little bit more than they hate you, and that's that's just an observation. They don't like you, uh, but it's us on day one. It's you on day two. Then they're going to go for the Toronto Sun. They're going to go for Sue Ann Levy, Joe Warmington. They're going to go for Terry Corcoran at the National Post. Anyone who's right of center, anyone who doesn't bend the knee to Justin Trudeau, they're just going to say, "Oh, you can't cover us." And I, I just say, Andrew, if this were Stephen Harper, who were kicking out left of center journalists for no reason, like if they had some explication, if they said, well, you threaten someone, you push someone, you, I mean, obviously that would never happen. I'm just trying to come up with some possible reason that might be credible. But they're not even giving a reason. They're just saying, oh, you haven't been accredited. Well, they are the accredited. There's no such thing as accreditation in, in, in Canada. There's no license to be a journalism. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're doctors or, or engineers. No, and to that point, uh, there has been no question ever raised by anyone about my professionalism as a journalist. I've interviewed Justin Trudeau. I interviewed Kathleen Wynne. I've interviewed a number of high-profile cabinet members, liberals federally and provincially as a broadcaster and in other capacities as well. So no one, including the Liberal press team, has taken issue with my ability to discharge my duties as an accredited journalist uh, to say nothing of whether I would be a disruption or not. No, I'd wait my turn like everyone else. I'd listen. When the time came to ask my question, I'd ask my question. But this has become about this vague criterion that has, as I mentioned earlier, no real remedy. And that's the worst part. In fact, if they said, listen, we don't like you, I'd fight them on it. But it would at least be a position that they would have drawn a line in the sand on, whereas now they really aren't prepared to own up to why it is they are not accrediting True North or me personally for True North. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> I think it was exactly a week ago 
that I had an op-ed in the Globe and Mail about how rebel journalists were excluded. And I mentioned you in that one, because I mentioned that London example. And I was shocked by the reaction. Andrew, I'm not sure if you, you followed it. There were over 100 people who squawked back at me and at the editor-in-chief of the Globe and Mail, including the local Unifor Union, and they didn't have any disagreement with the substance of my op-ed talking about how the liberals are censorious. I, in fact, to this day, I have had no criticism at all, uh, even bad faith criticism. There's just been no criticism of what I wrote. The only criticism was, hey, Globe and Mail, how dare you even let him speak? And this is from the media, I mean, Andrew. So I know without even asking you, but please confirm it, that Canadian Journalists for Free Expression, Canadian Civil Liberties Association, Canadian Association of Journalists, Penn Canada. I know without even asking you that not one of them has said a peep because they believe in deplatforming now too. I guess I should ask you, have any of them stood up for you? No, so far no one at all has. And, and if there is going to be a moment, I would hope it's now. You know, I guess less than an hour uh, before you and I started chatting, Ezra, I was trying to track the Liberal campaign bus to figure out where the next campaign stop was, because like I noted, I'm not on the media bus. I'm not given a detailed itinerary. And I was pulled over by a Hamilton police sergeant uh, who asked me why I was, in his words, following everybody around. And I told him quite candidly, here's why I'm in media. Here's my name, my driver's license. I was very cooperative. I said, I don't have an itinerary and I need to literally follow uh, the campaign bus to know where the campaign is going. And despite this explanation, I was detained for about 15 minutes at roadside, long enough for the entire uh, bus to get away. And, you know, I had to do a little bit of uh, manual looking around to figure out where to go next, which is fine. And, and I don't take issue with the officer himself. He was professional. He was courteous. He was following orders. But I want to know which orders, because this does not sound like what we imagine in a freedom loving country when journalists on assignment are literally detained at roadside. That is so shocking to me. You know, you and I have traveled to the United Kingdom to, to study the case of Tommy Robinson, and we've talked about how far things have gone there. And I always enjoy coming back to Canada because it's not as bad here. But when you say that you were pulled over by a policeman with a gun and detained for 15 minutes, no charges, no suspicion of anything other than driving where the liberals don't want you to. That is outrageous. Yeah. Now, you weren't thrown in prison. Thank God we're not no, there yet. No, no. But I wasn't, and I specifically asked, have I done anything illegal? And he says, I don't think so. You don't think and then so? And I, I, I still had to wait for, for several minutes longer to get cleared. And the thing is here, I understand, by the way, if you see a car that's following where the prime minister is, I, I understand that issue. And, and I put this back on the liberals as to why they've allowed it to get this to this point and yeah. really force me into a corner yeah. where I have no other way to cover the campaign but by literally following it. Let me ask you one more thing. Our mutual friend, uh, Candace Malcolm, who runs TNC.News, we love her, she's just great. And she's a new mom, so we don't see her quite as much as we used to before. But when she heard about your situation, she dropped everything and got in her car and ran out there. Can you give us, are you at liberty to tell us if she had any luck with the Liberal press secretary, was she at that meeting with you? Did she, what was she able to do, if anything? So Candace and I actually did sit down with two members of the, the Liberal press team last night, and we didn't have any resolution 
although we were uh, passed to a very specific person at headquarters in Ottawa and said, contact this person. Uh, they're expecting it and they will respond. Now, we haven't yet reached anything in the way of a resolution from this process. But uh, again, we were specifically passed off to another person in Ottawa, which means the local campaign team, the one that I'm actually trying to engage with, has completely washed its hands of me at this point. You know, uh, I think of all the uh, online-only media these days, Huffington Post, Vice, BuzzFeed, those are regarded as daily beast. Uh, now, all of those happen to be American, but all of them are weighing in on the Canadian election, including, for example, Althea Raj of Huffington Post, who's actually going to be one of the debate moderators. So there you have an American online-only reporter, and the Huffington Post is ultra-left-wing. It's named after Ariana Huffington, who's a radical leftist activist. Um, so I, I raise that because obviously the objection can't be that you're online. So is Huffington Post, Vice, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast, etc. It can't be that you have a political flavor. So is Huffington Post, Toronto Star, their Atkinson principles. It's clear that they're punishing you because you dare criticize the government. I find this very troubling, but you're right. The fact that a cop pulled you over. Did you get the cop's name? Are you going to do an access to information? Are you going to try and find out where the complaint went? I don't know if they'll give it to you. They'll try and hide it. But I, if I may be so bold, I think you should try and track down where this whole thing came from. Well, I'll say stay tuned on that point. But, but to your point about the accreditation principles at stake, if there are any, it, it's a valid point. And look, I'm a commentator, but that hasn't stopped them from accrediting Chris Selly of the National Post, who's a columnist that's on. Christy Blashford has also been on the campaign buses. So it can't be any of these things you've just mentioned, which means it's very much targeted towards either True North or I. And I'm still trying to cover the campaign. I'm still doing the work. It's just become a, a lot harder because of the liberals. Yeah. You know what? Uh, one of the reasons that populism is bubbling up around the world, including here in Canada, is because the elites are so abusive and dismissive of anyone who would dare challenge them. And I mean anywhere from Brexit to Donald Trump's deplorables to Canada. And this high-handed conduct, and I got to tell you that police move is the worst of them all, it will not save the elites. If anything, it will deepen the anger at the fact that these folks simply don't think they have to answer to anyone. And Andrew, I just wish you good luck. I, I called you yesterday and I said, if there's anything we can do, we're at your service. I don't know what that could possibly be. We're just as marginalized as you are. But I guess even just by interviewing you and telling the world about this, maybe that's one small thing we can do. If you can think of anything else, please say it, because I believe that this is eroding the accountability of the few remaining independent journalists who aren't on the government dole. And you guys are one of the, one of the good guys. Thanks very much for that. All right, my friend, well, we'll let you go because I've detained you here and I know you got to keep uh, following that bus. I look forward to your reports and we can see them all at tnc.news, right? That's indeed the case and also on my Twitter, which is at Andrew Lott, and that's where I'm updating in real time of what's happening. Right on, and I follow you there and, I, and I'm so glad uh, you're keeping us posted because this is a story that concerns all of us. Thanks, my friend, and good luck to you. Thank you, Ezra. All right, there you have it, Andrew Lawton. Friend of ours, fellow who's come with me to the UK to study their censorship and political correctness, and a man who is now being marginalized and even harassed, I'll say it, harassed by police, simply because he doesn't agree with Justin Trudeau. Stay with us. More ahead on the mountain.
Hey folks, on my special interview Friday with my friend Manny Montenegrino, Ron writes, appreciated Manny's case against Trudeau, but would have appreciated less of his claiming victimhood and repeating the left's mantra that racism is prevalent in Canada. Yeah, you know, I, 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 had, I had a similar feeling, and I think, I, I think Manny was going for effect. I, I think that if we were to scrutinize the liberals the same way they scrutinize us, that would be what they would say. My beef isn't so much that Trudeau is a hot racist. It's that he's a fake anti-racist. Uh, just like I don't think Trudeau is a rapist. I think he sexually gropes women and has affairs all the time. Um, like when he groped Rose Knight in a sexual manner in Creston, B.C. I wouldn't say he's a rapist. I would just say he's, he's handsy. And he takes liberties, like when he took Faith Goldie out for late night drinks. He was a married man in his 40s. Faith was 22. This is creepy. I wouldn't call him a rapist. I call him a creep. It's not that he's super duper creepy. It's that he lies about being a male ally. Liz writes, a vote for the Liberals Party is a vote for a self-described racist. Well, that's the real thing. Trudeau himself said Trudeau was a racist. He said that on the airplane scrum. Jonathan writes, I don't care about the blackface crap. It's the hypocrisy that bothers me. I do care about the blackface crap because it's just so bizarre and shocking. And I've never seen it in my life. If someone were that way, I would say, what are you doing? What, what, what's this all about? Is there something going on here? Help me understand. And sorry, Arabian Nights and Aladdin is not that, and being the only guy at a party of 500 <laughs> doing that, that's a guy who's a little bit cuckoo. And I think just the same way he's handsy with every single woman he meets, I think the blackface is a way of him saying, the rules don't apply to me, I can do whatever I want. And uh, it's a pleasure to see him taken down a peg, but the media is already doing their best to rehabilitate him. You know, he's got a month to go before the election. I think they just might do it. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.